be paid for it. Like just baffles my mind on a regular basis that people pay me to do this work. You are listening to the Spicy Chai Podcast. I'm your host, Marok Imthiaz, and I'm on a journey to create inspiring, helpful, and meaningful content. And I wouldn't be here right now talking to you if it weren't for the people who inspired me with their journeys. The people who bravely hit the record button and put themselves out there. This podcast is not going to be for successful people spouting tips about finding your passion or telling you to just hustle harder. Instead, my mission is to bring you the voices of people who are just a bit ahead of you on the journey, people you can relate to, and the people who will inspire you to put your own voice out there. So grab your cup of spicy chai and let's get this show started. Welcome to the Spicy Chai Podcast, a podcast for content creators. Today's guest is one that I met three years ago at a conference, a conference called Forefront. I met them in an elevator and they casually mentioned that they worked at Facebook. I was instantly impressed. So I followed them around, tried to be buddies with them. And at the end of the conference, asked them if they'd like to be in a mastermind group with me. To my surprise, they said yes. Three years later, we meet on a weekly Zoom call with two other friends of ours. And it's been amazing. But that is not why Aaron's on this show. You see, Aaron actually quit Facebook. The reason I was actually very impressed with her right after the conference. And then she joined Yammer and she quit Yammer right after. She has had the courage to make one gutsy move after another to follow her heart. And that is why I respect her so much. Two years later, she's hit a 280K revenue mark. She's had one-on-one coaching clients that have been booked. She has a wait list for them. She's running a successful podcast. She has an engaged group of followers on Facebook. And honestly, above all these accomplishments, she's one hell of a human. Saren, I'm so excited to have you on this show. Welcome. Well, thank you. And that is a hell of a list of accomplishments. It's so fun to have somebody reel them back to you. And I have to say, even since you saw the last post, I have crossed 300K. Um, Amazing. It's It's all signed in clients for next year, but it's, yeah, it's incredible having left a very lucrative corporate salary behind to take this leap of faith and really, like you said, follow my heart and do something that really matters to me and then also be able to to be paid for it. Like just baffles my mind on a regular basis that people pay me to do this work. I, I know. And, and that's, ex- that's the dream, right? That's the, mm-hmm. everyone's want to, wants to go for it. It's, hey, I want to do something that I love and I want to be paid for it. And this is where I remember, I mean, I remember you posting regularly on Facebook, even like before you were really in, in the entrepreneurship world. So yes, posting was something that came a bit like more naturally to you. Is that correct? Or Yes and no. Actually, that's a really good thing to dive into because yeah, what you see on the external, right, is... Um, very different than my internal experience. And then we, that happens with all of us humans, right? Is that we see other people's, you know, outsides and our insides are like, ah, why am I so not like that person? So yeah, I posted on Facebook. And in fact, I, when I worked at Facebook, I worked on the team that cared about the posting experience. And I worked on launching Facebook stories to the world. Very and cool. yet I am not a natural poster. 
um, or sharer. I don't know what you want to call it in in the content creation world, but it does not come naturally to me. Um, partially, I think I am an introvert and I'm an only child. And so I I grew up most of my life in my own head, playing by myself, conversations with myself. It's just not a thing. And so there was some natural sharing that I did. And at the same time, it was a muscle I really had to develop. And something that I've been saying a lot even more recently is I noticed I was blocked again. So I actually signed up for some programs to help me get back into it. And what I noticed is it's kind of like when you turn off a faucet, like you've had the pipes cleared, right? And you turn the water back on and it takes a minute and it drips and it drips. And then all of a sudden the water comes and gushes out and all of a sudden you have all these ideas. That's the place I'm sitting in now is now that I've trained my muscle or metaphorically turned the water back on, the more I post, the more ideas I get. So I often tell people who are working with me as clients, like action is actually where you want to be. Action creates the creativity or the content thoughts or action even kind of creates clarity in some senses of what you want to talk about. So um, I think it's a misnomer for, or not a misnomer, but it's misleading to, to think that um, content creation for the people that you're following always comes naturally. Yeah. And that's what's really interesting about you because you did a 30-day live Facebook challenge. Was it 30 days? 90. 90. 90. I did 90 days. Yes. And live where you went on Facebook, you were live uh, Mm -hmm. and you were just recording yourself. And Mm -hmm. and here you're saying posting doesn't come naturally to you. So you just put yourself in a position, which is like a step ahead. Post, you can still edit. Live, you can't. So can yes. you talk through that? Like, how do you yeah. put yourself in those situations? Um, I'm a natural um, risk taker in some senses. I'm actually very motivated by not risk. But um, I would say instead of putting myself in those situations, this is why I love coaching. This is why I am a coach. I wouldn't have done that on my own. But I said something to my coach uh this was about a year, a little over a year and a half ago at this point of, I really, I, I have a PhD in psychology. I have so much knowledge about how humans behave. I have so much knowledge from my Facebook days. And I said something that sounds in retrospect, really silly, which was, I have nothing to say. I have no idea what to say. Um, and it's actually more that I have this ocean of knowledge, right? And I can't figure out where to grab the right coral reef to, to, to focus on. So she just said, go live for 90 days. And I went, huh? <laughs> what? Um, and I will say, I don't know if, how you feel about swearing on the show, but I'm gonna swear. I oh, said, totally fuck you to it. her. I, was, yeah. I really wanted to say, fuck you to her because the last thing I wanted to do as an introvert, as someone who's shy, was go live. Um, I had left behind my academic training. And so I didn't want my academic friends thinking I was full of shit with anything I posted. I had left behind my Facebook world to go become a coach, which some people have a stigma around. And so I was... Yeah, because everyone abs- wants to be a coach today. Right. Yeah, I exactly. Get and like, there's a stigma around life coaching and what that actually means. Whatever. <laughs> Point being, I was just... 
every fear I've ever had around visibility was coming up when she said, go live for 90 days. What if people think I'm full of shit? What if I don't have something to say? Um, what if I misrepresent some knowledge? Um, what if people think I'm stupid? Like all everything I could possibly think of. And I actually did a video of this saying, I'm going live for 90 days and here's every fear that I have. I had fear of losing friends. I had fear of pissing people off. And for the first probably two or three weeks every day, I went and I did it and I hated it. Just And what I challenged myself to, what she challenged me, my coach, what I challenged myself to was not planning it. So here I am like going to the extreme of from I have nothing to say to okay go on go on Facebook live and have nothing to say for 90 days and it was terrifying and every day I went what the fuck am I doing this for and then it turned the corner all of a sudden I realized this is fun people were engaging with me I realized the more I spoke, the more I had to say. I realized that people didn't, the things I thought were obvious, people didn't know. I love that piece, uh, the obvious to you, but not obvious to the world. Where did you notice that the most? And what, what, what do you think makes you the kind of person that, uh, who can tell the difference between what's obvious to you versus not what's versus what's not obvious to the world? I'll, let me answer that second question first. Okay. okay. I don't know. So there's a there's a scientific term called the curse of knowledge, and it's basically this idea that as soon as we know something, it becomes common knowledge. Um, it becomes obvious, basic whatever. And it's actually this really curse, like the more, like, especially those of us who are really knowledge based, right. like we, we eat it up and, you know, high achievers, the, the more we achieve, the more we think we know nothing. And so what Very I've true. actually come to realize is I don't know the difference between what's obvious and what's not. I just take the risk every time I post that I might be saying something obvious. And when I catch myself going, this is obvious, I know that's a moment to go test that in the world. Um, and it's not just knowledge. I've, that's the scientific term, but I've learned in my coaching practice, it's also about the, the ways we grow as humans, right? So we, get, we adopt new mindsets or we adopt new ways of showing up in the world or new identities. And that becomes obvious too, right? So yeah. um, I, I think everybody leans into fear. And just does it anyway, because that's how I've learned to do it. Or I think everybody thinks, um, I know one of your mindsets is be a master and a disaster, right? And um, I think everybody does that. And then I have to remind myself, no, right, not so much. So the more obvious I think it is, the more likely I am to then go share it. Right. And you said a few things there. Like one of them was when you did it, did the live a few weeks in, you started to have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Now what if you didn't have fun with it? Like, you know, would you have stopped or would you have kept pushing? The reason I'm asking this question is when people do, when people start anything new, they don't know how much should I push myself before? Okay. I know yeah. this is not actually for me or, yeah. or am I still growing? So what are your thoughts around that? Yeah, I actually, I think I did a live about that at some point, which was, um, that we don't know, obviously, if we're going to turn a corner, right? And so um, 
I love that I committed to 90 days. Um, I generally think setting a, a time frame like that, because a lot of we, I, we know in the psychology literature that almost any change in your life takes a habit of 30 days, 21 days sometimes, but 30 days. So really, that's just not enough information. So I was really committed to trying it for 90. And at that point, if I didn't like it, I would have stopped. But I generally promote this idea of stick it out just a little bit longer than you think you need to, to have good information. I like that that very much. and, And check in. So check in with why you don't like it. So there's a difference between I don't like this because it's not fun for me. I don't enjoy this type of sharing or I don't enjoy this this method or whatnot. And then there's the I don't like this because I'm afraid. Right? I don't like this because it's uncomfortable and I'm facing my fears every day. And how can someone know the difference? Let's say I'm going through something... Um, and I'm posting every day. I commit to 90 days. And 90 days are done. I'm not liking it. I'm doing it every day. How do I know if it's just my fear of, again, lack of engagement? People think I'm scammy. People think, oh, look at her trying so hard. That's one of my resistances that comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, versus this is it. This is growth. How do, how do I as a person know? Well, so there's a couple ways I check in with myself and I don't know that I have the answers to this, but one is I can feel fear in my body. If I close my eyes and sit with like, what's going on here? I can feel that fear like right in my chest that comes up. Um, I think the other thing is to look at what's the, the, the voice that's going through your head. What's it saying when you say you don't like doing this? Why don't I want to do this? Like really... Some of the things that we we don't do enough of in, in our world is slow down and, and really get, get comfy with what's going on in our head. So like even in meditation, I can sort of sometimes have a, an idea come to me. But when I start slowing myself down and ask, okay, so why do I not want to share today? Um, some days it can be, oh, I really just don't have anything that I feel compelled to share. Or it can be, Oh, nothing is good enough. Oh, that's a clue. I'm starting to have a fear, right? A fear of not being good enough. And then that signals to me, okay, choose something (laughs) to share. It's not that I don't have an idea. It's that I'm judging myself. And so like the more I can get clear on the why I feel the resistance or why it feels icky, I'm starting to to separate the this isn't fun because it's just not for me versus um, there's clearly something I want to work through. Yeah, I I really like that because I think it goes back to something I do as well. It's uh, when I get any kind of feelings of, okay, I don't feel like doing this or I don't know if this is for me. I ask myself a question like, what what are you trying to tell me? Like, what are you really trying to tell me? Uh, am I too late? So for those listening to this, I just want to give you a bit more context. I literally ask myself this question like, hey, Maruk, what are you feeling? And then without judging myself, I actually answer it. And what that means is that I actually journal everything, everything that comes up, and then I try to answer it with kindness. All right, back to the show. Is it right now? Am I too tired? Do I not have ideas? Or am I just scared because I think this is repetitive information? Uh, Am I judging for the audience? Am I judging for people? 
Um, or am I just bored of it because it's not new anymore? I mean, right. it's, it's just kind of, and that's a skill that I really had to learn because for me, I thought it was stupid. I'm like, how, why should I talk to myself? Like, why should I talk to my feelings? Yes. But just sitting down and just being like, okay, well, hey, feeling, I see you're there acknowledging it. And then, okay, well, what are you trying to tell me? And almost like yeah. thanking it too. I do that. Mm-hmm. Like, Thank you. Thank you for telling yeah. me that. And then totally. going and deep. Like, yeah. So it's definitely a, a practice. I think that's been really beneficial to just check in uh, if, if it's fear or if it's just mm-hmm. yeah. something I need to stick to. Because yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm, I was going to say, I'm curious for you if you also have this experience, which is sometimes I have to go back to my why in the first place. Why am I sharing? Um, for instance, why was I going live? In that particular moment, I wasn't going live because of anything I wanted to do out in the world in my business. It was clearly a growth thing for me. But now when I'm sharing on Facebook, I reconnect to my why. And then when I get there, I either get re-motivated or I can ask myself, is there another way to accomplish this why that would be more fun for me? Um, that can help me get a, get clearer again on am I having no fun or am I in fear? Because if I'm in fear, that fear is going to show up in any way <laughs> I, I try to accomplish my why. And, and you, you said you, you go back to your why. So how do you like, do you, do you save it in a Word document? Do you save it on your phone? Like, how do you keep going back to it? Um, I have it in my head personally. Um, I don't do anything without clear intention anymore. Um, when I started my business, the first the first year was all about just doing everything I possibly could to experiment. I'm a I'm a I'm a scientist by training, and so I just collected data, and so I would try all kinds of things. Um, you know, content creation wise, uh, client creation in other different ways. But now that I've gotten a more established business, now I can be more intentional about what I'm trying to do. And so I actually, before I commit to any sort of path in my business, whether it's a podcast, now I'm writing a book, Facebook content creation, I get really clear on why I'm doing it and why that channel. Um, And then so I can go back in and check in with myself and say, is my why still there? Um, is there another way? So for me right now, the biggest thing I want to do is build community. And so I can look at, am I still committed to that? Yes. And is this channel still helping me get there? I'm having that same question around my podcast. So I think you know I'm changing um, the name of the podcast and uh, the actual content's not going to change that much. But I stopped and got really clear and said, well, what, why did I start a podcast in the first place? Um, and then that allowed me to make some decisions around, oh, what's not fun right now is I've constrained myself in my podcast. Now I can, I can pivot it. It's not that I don't like podcasting. It's that I don't like this particular thing. And it all came back to starting with, well, why did I, why did I start this in the first place? Because I want to have really fascinating conversations with interesting people. And I know those conversations will help others. <laughs> yes. And, and you mentioned like how you, when you started, you were experimenting a lot. Mm-hmm. And it seems mm-hmm. like that you're still doing, but yeah. there was a lot more of that in the beginning. And right now you're a bit more intentional. And so yes. when you're starting off, you, as you said, you're trying to figure out clients, you're creating stuff for 
potential courses. You're also mm-hmm. creating content. And at least personally, I felt you were doing a really great job at it. Like, you know, I saw constant posts. I yeah. also heard about how you were getting these client wins. When people are starting off like an on- in an entrepreneurship area, like, and they do want to post content, the biggest complaint that I hear is I'm unable to post regularly. I'm unable to post actively. I fall off. What are some things you have done to be able to post frequently? What are some systems, habits, maybe groups that you've, you have? Um, this is going to sound really, really simplistic. I have, a, I have on, this is videoed, right? So um, I have a post-it note on my desk. I love that. Wow. Carried, and that, that's very new. Um, it I've, says carried as a rule. That you post every day. That you post every day. Um, I, it is hard to post every day. And so part of it was being forgiving with myself around, um, you know, sometimes like when I did my 90 day live challenge, at some point I realized I didn't want to go live on weekends because nobody was watching and it felt like I was always on. So my 90 day live challenge was actually weekdays. I gave myself permission to only post on weekdays and to give myself a break. And I do something very similar in the Facebook group I have been running. I, I made a commitment to showing up and doing something every day. But the thing that I was really helpful for me is taking the pressure off of that thing being big. So sometimes in my Facebook group, I would post a single question for people to answer. Sometimes I would post um, a couple line posts. Sometimes I would do a three-minute video while I was on a walk. Um, Very rarely was I doing something that required hours and hours of my time. And so when I started thinking about that, there's really no excuse to not put something out there every day. It's taking the pressure off of it always being gold. Yes. Yeah, And so, and then if I have ideas, I'll write them down. I am actually not great at systems. Uh, I'm working on a content calendar right now to see if that I'm playing with that idea. But for me, there's so much more joy in that spontaneous moment where I want to share something. And it actually feels more um, disconnected and stifled if I plan ahead. Like, oh, I'm going to write a post on, I have it in my head. My dad used to say this saying about data has no meaning. And there's actually something I want to do a post on with that. That's about experimentation in business. But I'm not writing that until the movement moment strikes me because the, if I try to write it now, I get all up in my head. I try to perfect it. I try to make it mean something. And when the inspiration strikes, I write it in 15 minutes. And so... I am like the the antithesis of a systems human. <laughs> and I just trust that if I keep up some form of sharing every day and it doesn't have to be profound, that's all that matters. Yeah, and it, it goes back to the quality versus quantity debate. You know, I hear yes. this a lot. Should it be quality? Should it be quantity? And most of the people that I've spoken to, they all say quantity because yes. you don't know quality. You, you don't can't. Know- you don't know what other what what posts you've had this experience right where the you've posted some stuff on TikTok and it was you both ways right Hours. one 
Yeah. One that one that blows up you had no idea that was going to blow up and then one that you were like, "Damn, this is good." And then I think I spent like hours editing it on Adobe and putting all the music and everything got yeah. like four views and I was like, "Okay. All right." Yep. Exactly. And that's one thing we have to recognize as entrepreneurs and content creators, right? Is that we can control what we do, we can't control the outcomes. Um, and so what we can do is be there, have volume. One thing I've also, at least on Facebook, and I, I don't know how people think about this on other platforms, but a, a lot of the entrepreneurs I work with get really stuck on now showing up as a professional all the time. Mm-hmm. And so there's this also this pressure that every post be about their business or how they think about things, right? And or like within this specific niche, I've heard that in a specific lot. niche, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. And actually, what's even better is just the more you can express you. And so that also takes the pressure off of me posting every day because I can usually find something to share about me and my life that builds that know, like, and trust factor, right? The people that I tend to hire for my own business help are the people that I, I can see their full humanity. I can see like, oh, I, I relate to them. I get them. That person seems great. And so part of this quality and versus quantity debate is, well, also there's this quantity of can you be in full range of who you are? Can you show your personality across the spectrum? And A, how much more fun is that? <laughs> that is true. Yes. It's also less pressure because you're just being yourself. Yeah. But to be very honest, that requires a level of vulnerability. And I know it does. you are very, very good with that. You know, you yes. uh, make yourself very vulnerable uh, to the world and you post things about yourself that I would say on average humans wouldn't, you know. And mm-hmm. to be able to post regularly, you have that. A, how did you gain the courage to be, become that vulnerable? And how do you continue to do that on a daily basis? And what would you say to people, part B, who feel like they, posting content makes it, uh, like it makes it less private for their lives? Yeah. I've heard that a lot. So mm-hmm. there's two pieces. Um, well, uh, so yeah, posting a lot does make you less private. You get to control that right there's just you have that's we can't control our outcomes we control our where the we can't control the outputs right well i guess the outputs not the outcomes um but we can control what we put out there um couple things for me one is it's all a muscle to build um i really love this metaphor of like you wouldn't walk into the gym and lift the hundred pound weight the first time you go in you go in and you find the five pound weights so there's that similar idea of What's that thing that's vulnerable that's like a five pound vulnerability that like won't crush you <laughs> to put out there? And you put it out there and you see how people react. And then you wait till you feel ready to stretch to that 10 pound weight. And then you stretch and then you stretch. So there's that. The other piece is, and this is why I do a lot of work that I do, is the more I'm okay with who I am, the more I. Um, accept all of me, the vulnerable parts, the powerful parts, the darks, the lights, all of that, the less I give a shit what other people think. (laughs) Um, And the more I am able to be comfortable with who I am and comfortable with who I am publicly, the more my people come to me. 
Um, so, so much of what I was worried about early on, and I said this about my lives, were those the academics or the Facebook friends, the face, not the Facebook friends, like, but right. the ones I worked with, right? And then I realized they're the people that I gathered doing the things that I used to do, like they're a community I gather, but they're not necessarily my people. And I'm preventing losing people who aren't my people. And so by toning me down and not sharing myself vulnerably, my people can't be magnetized to me. Really, really love that. And it's so very true because I remember my first few posts, I think I was sharing at that time, my Instagram was also private. So I created a private Instagram and I was like, you know what? I'm going to post my journey. It's going to be for me. I'm not going to show it to the world. My first few posts were my weight. And it's one thing I would say I'm the most insecure about, you know, as an mm-hmm. athlete, obviously, you know, you're, you're playing at a national level and you get to hear, oh, you know, you're, an un- you're, you're unfit. How can you be an athlete? And you're like, well, I'm very strong. And then you put your weight out there, which is not the average athlete weight. Um, that was really bothering me. And I remember mm-hmm. putting it out there and then making my Instagram public. So everyone knew my weight. And once I did that, it kind of lost its power. Yes. Now I openly yes. say, oh, I'm, I'm 100, 165 pounds. Like I have no issue saying that. But if you were to ask me five years ago, I'd, I'd freak out saying, uh, yeah. what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it loses its power. It, it's empowering in a lot of ways. And that's what then draws that person out there who you truly want to help. Right? So many of us get into especially content creation or thought leadership because we've been through something that we now want to teach others. And yet we cannot draw people to us if we're not willing to share our own stories and our own transformation and our own struggles. If I go look at somebody to hire to help me with something and I think they're perfect, I think I can't live up to them or they're superhuman or they're hiding something or something else. And so... I notice for me is the more I know that person gets me because they, they share them, the more I'm drawn to them. And so it's actually not even a question at this point that I just share all of me. And now I will say it can be done wrong. And I've had a couple of clients who lead with their vulnerability rather than leading with their expertise. And there's, since there's a lot of people out here listening are probably new to the content game. The first, this is, and there's some scientific research on this. You want to establish that you're an expert first. Doesn't mean, mean you have to go for years and years being an expert and then you show vulnerability. But if you start out with the vulnerable piece you make your followers feel like they need to rescue you from you (laughs) or whatever you're going through. And you actually don't show them that you have answers that they are looking for. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because just recently I was doing a Google search on when vulnerability could be bad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it all came from how much should I share that is me struggling? Cause I mean, 
I put myself out there. Most people do when they're starting off, they're documenting their journey of sorts. And you're just like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to document my struggles and I'm going to document my successes. And you want to, you want to show the real piece. But the truth is when you're starting off, 80% of your days are struggles. And then there's yes. a 20% wins. And yes. I mean, that's been the case for me. It's like, Struggle, struggle, yeah. struggle, struggle, struggle. Boom. Great big win, which I didn't even see coming. And then struggle for months. And then you kind of wonder, but I'm not really sharing all my struggles. Am I being authentic? Versus, but I don't want to be so vulnerable that people lose faith in my content and what I'm doing. Yes. So, yes that is a really like that. How, yeah. how would you yeah, so I don't think uh, you having a uh, a filter is inauthentic because the things you are sharing are authentic. It's just like, you know, we go out in the world and we can't take in every little piece of information that's flying at us, right? We can't take in, I'm looking at snow right now, but I can't take in every little tree branch, right? right? The same goes on the reverse. We can't share every little tree branch about our lives, <laughs> We still, no matter what, are creating a picture and we're, we're, t- we're showing people where we want them to look uh, at our lives. And that doesn't mean that where they're looking is inauthentic. It's just a slice. And so it's about figuring out, yeah, what are the things that feel good to you to share? Because I think first and foremost... There's a difference between stretching yourself and pulling a muscle when it comes vulnerability wise, right? And it can be really easy to be like, well, I am supposed to be vulnerable and then putting all yourself out there and actually not being ready for it to be out there. Um, I love that you're talking in sports terms, just letting yes. you know. <laughs> I, I love it. sports terms, but <laughs> yeah. so like it's, it's yeah. about the stretch, right? And it's about, yeah, figuring out for yourself what feels really good for me to put out there what do I think for me? I think about what's going to help my people. Um, and then I just trust that, you know, for me, I'm expanding the range of what I, what I share over time. Mm-hmm. But it started off with what, what kept me feeling good. What was that five pound weight, that 10 pound weight? I'm still lifting the weight. I'm still being authentic. Um, and then making sure, yes, I am. I, I take a look on a regular basis just to kind of make sure I'm on balance. If I, I struggle, I'm actually really good at sharing the vulnerability on the, the, this is the struggles. You are. My, my harder struggle is struggle. My harder thing to share is the wins, right? Hi, Mark again. And I've broken this episode down into two parts. Head over to part two, where Erin talks about our wins, the cost of not posting and how to continually post. Even if you're worried what your friends and family will think, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Oh, yeah. She also shares the one advice she would give her younger self. So head on over to part two. Hey, you. Thanks for listening to Spicy Chai. I really appreciate it. And to make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the podcast, The Obvious. And if you want to learn more, head over to marukimthias.com. And until next time, my friend, hit the record button or, you know, the publish Lots of love from your favorite. You got this beautiful. Beautiful.